Okay, welcome. We're in part 17 in our series, Heroes of the Faith. So we are moving through the book of Acts, verse by verse, and we're noticing the book of Acts is about the birth of the church, the growth of the church, the expansion of the church. And as we look at this book, from beginning to end, there are heroes of the faith that arise within the chapters of this book. These are men and women or groups of people that we're looking at because what we're seeing throughout church history all the way up to today, God wants to raise you and me up to be heroes of the faith just like they were in their generation. God is looking for heroes of the faith in our generation. And today we're going to see another trait of heroic faith on display. So let me ask you some questions as we begin. How often do you have disagreements with people that you love? Is it like once a month, <laughs> once a week, once a day, <laughs> twice a day? You know, are there times that you have disagreements with people that you really care for, that you get along with, that you love? A friend, a coworker, a spouse? Is it possible to navigate those disagreements so that they lead not to a destructive conclusion, but to a productive conclusion. Is it possible? And this morning, we're going to see a, a disagreement unfold between two very, very close, awesome friends. And, and through the drama of what we're going to see, we're going to see a hero of the trait faith emerge that is so important for our lives. God is calling you wanting to raise you up to embrace and model this heroic trait. Now, it's needed greatly among believers today. It's needed in the church today. It's needed in marriages today, businesses today, families today. Any believer can live out this trait. doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how long you've been a Christian. If Christ is in you, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You can live out this heroic trait. And here it is. One of the most heroic things you can do is agree to disagree in your discussion and you move forward into God's greater plan. Now, we're going to have to unpack that today for you. You're in a disagreement with someone over something. And one of the most heroic things you can do is to agree to disagree and then you move on to God's greater plan for your life. Now, I want to give you some positive thoughts about disagreements that we often don't consider. Did you know there's a positive side to disagreements? And there is. Disagreements, depending on how you respond to them, can either derail you from God's plan for your life or can lead you into God's plan for your life. Just think about that. In other words, the disagreement that you might now be having, it may be God's tool. God's ordained plan to move you. It's his method to direct you, to lead you, watch this, into God's greater plan for your life. God will often use disagreements to lead you into his greater plan for your life, your marriage, your family, your business, relationships, your ministry. Now, disagreements in the moment, they're not fun. Please, they're not fun. None of us likes to be in disagreements. But so, and, and even sometimes in the midst of those disagreements, it's very hard to see where God's at work. We're confused. We don't think God's in the midst of it at all. But as we follow, watch this, God, through these disagreements, like we're going to see this morning from our heroes of the faith, 
What emerges is God's greater plan for our life. And that's so heroic when you experience that. Now, I want to, before we jump into this, give you one more question to talk about. When was the last time you had a disagreement over something good that you were passionate about? And what happened that was positive out of that? I want, there's stories at your table. Because some of you have learned to navigate some of these disagreements in a way that has moved the ball forward into God's greater plan. I want you to tell that story at your table. Go for it. You've got a couple minutes. Okay, this morning what we want to do as we work our way through these verses, I just want to point out three truths about disagreements among believers. Believers who love each other. I mean, right now, are you having a disagreement with your husband, your wife, your parents, your kids, co-worker, another brother, sister in Christ? doesn't matter. A disagreement with someone that you care for. So let me give you some truths about this. Number one, disagreements eventually arise between good people over good causes. It's impossible to be involved in a good cause and there at some point not be disagreements. It's true. Good causes, good people involved, just a matter of time until disagreements will arise. I want you to notice how this happened, watch this, with the great Apostle Paul and with Barnabas. Two amazing people in the Bible. A disagreement arises. We're in Acts chapter 15, and we're just going to look at six verses this morning. That's all. But these are six very powerful verses that are life-changing. Look, if you would, at Acts 15, and let's read, starting at verse 36. Sometime later, now this is later being after Paul's first missionary journeys. He has three main missionary journeys. So sometime later, after this first missionary journey, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. By the way, why do I go all over the world visiting all these countries? Because of this verse right here. Every church, I believe, in the United States of America should have someone on their staff that is going to other churches around the world that need our encouragement and support, visiting the work. This is the pattern we have in the New Testament. We are not to be just about our own church. What we see in the New Testament is healthy churches always taking up offerings and supporting less healthy churches, especially in persecuted countries. So Paul is saying, let's go back. Let's visit these brothers and sisters in where we visited in our first missionary journey. Look at verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because <coughs> Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp, what does it say? Disagreement. Paul and Barnabas are good people, and they're involved in a great cause. They're on the verge of their second missionary journey And this disagreement arose. And disagreements, again, eventually will arise between good people over good things all the time. It happens in ministry. 
Maybe you've just started a new ministry. Most of you here serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You're watching on video. You serve somewhere. Maybe you started a children's ministry. It's grown from 5 to 10. Now it's 25. Guess what? Some disagreements are going to arise because of that growth. You have a business. You just started the business. The business is growing. You went from one to two, five. Now you have ten employees. Disagreements are going to arise. It's just a matter of time. You have a family. You just started your family. Now you have 26 kids. Let me tell you, disagreements will arise, okay? After one kid, but after two, after three, after six, disagreements. Wow. If you're involved in a good cause, it's only a matter of time until good people experience good disagreements. The greater the cause, watch this, the greater the potential for disagreement because the greater the passion, the greater is at stake for what you were involved in. And the more the passion, the more the opinions, the more the disagreement, and guess what? That's all right. It shows you're alive. Show God, it shows God's at work. So disagreements eventually arise between good people over good causes. Happens in the church, in politics, happens in sports, on sports teams. We see this all the time. It happens in business, in families, in marriages, with friendships. I guarantee, because you are good people with good relationships and good causes, there are disagreements that are going on in your life right now. Second truth about disagreements among good people. They often intensify over differences of opinion regarding certain people. Now, notice the disagreement here between Paul and Barnabas did not intensify over if should we go on a second missionary journey. They, they were in agreement on that point. That wasn't even an issue. The disagreement arose over the differences of opinion regarding a guy named Mark. Good old Mark. Always stirring things up, okay? You're not supposed to laugh that hard. Come on now. Strike that from the video, okay? Wow, I was not expecting that kind of reaction. Or maybe actually I was. But uh, look at verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. Wow. Barnabas... He's like, Paul, we need to bring Mark with us. Now, Mark was Barnabas' cousin, okay? We learned that from Colossians 4.10. And Mark, he was also the young man who joined Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. And he, he came as the helper, okay? He was a young guy. That, we saw that from Acts 13.5. But then you have the other side to this, and you have Paul in verse 38 but Paul did not think it wise to take Mark because Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued in the work with them. What? Paul was like, Barney, it is not wise to bring Mark with us. We're not going to do that, Barney. Now, why would Paul say this about Mark? A couple reasons we see in verse 38. Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. Now, there's a map here, I think. So your first missionary journey, they take off, Paul, Barnabas, and Mark, from Syria of Antioch. This was the Gentile church that was exploding. It was the sending church. It was the three crosses church. 
that's sending, you know, missionaries all over the world. And, and they go here to Cyprus, and they have this awesome ministry in Cyprus, and Mark hangs out with them and everything. Then they get on a ship, and they go over here to Pamphylia, and they land in Perga, okay? Something happened there. It seems like Mark got sick, actually, but we're not totally sure, but that seems, and then Mark took back, it seems, to Antioch at that point. But Mark left Paul and Barnabas when the going got tough, according to Paul. He left the group after they landed in Perga. That's Acts 13, 13. Now, Perga, just so you know also, was a historic pirate stronghold in Pamphylia. While this team prepared to cross this banded, infested mountainous area into this area, they were moving east. And some of you have traveled, actually, with me into that area when we saw the seven churches there. This is in, that's in Turkey right there. But back then, it was unknown interior. The weather was oppressively hot and humid. Many scholars believe that it was here in this very difficult area that Paul contracted malaria, Galatians 4.13. Paul suffered great trials upon his arrival into that area. He was chased out of two towns. We already studied this. And he was even stoned and left for dead in the third town there in Lystra. Remember that? And Paul was worshipped as a god, if you remember, one day, and condemned as a heretic the next day, and he was stoned. You remember that? We studied it. And it was all in this area. Now, Mark had abandoned them before this, and Paul experienced all this suffering. And he's thinking back on, wow, this Mark guy left us before all of this. And he's thinking, you know, man, missions, you know, it takes a mature person. It takes, you know, stability. It's essential. Paul was a hardcore missionary. Paul was very hardcore. Uh, Paul had grace for unbelievers, but if you wanted to go with Paul on a missions trip, you, you better count the, cro- the cost. I mean, one strike and you're out. Uh, sorry, Barnabas. Mark was weak sauce on our first missionary journey. It's not wise to bring him with us. Come on, Barnabas. Should we take a guy who abandoned us on our first missions journey at the first sign of trouble, should we take him now on the second missionary journey? No. He doesn't get that kind of grace. Barnabas, however, he's the son of encouragement. Barnabas was a man full of mercy and kindness and understanding. Barnabas was the champion of giving people a second, even a third chance. Paul, he's young. He did get sick, remember? Hey, he stuck with us for the first part of the journey. And so he couldn't continue for the last part. Remember what you were like, Paul, when you were a little bit younger? I had to save your rear end twice. Two times they tried to kill you. I saved you. I rescued you. Paul, Mark has an amazing heart. He's a young guy with so much potential. I'm pleading with you, Paul. Give Mark a second chance. Here we are on the road preaching a gospel of grace And you can't even extend grace to one of your very own. Wow. Paul said the mission was too important to risk undependable people. Barnabas said the mission was all about redeeming people after they failed. Paul was Barnabas. It's about the mission. Barnabas was Paul. It's all about people. Hmm. We have a disagreement between two very incredible people. 
Notice how Luke describes the disagreement there in verse 39. They had such a, it doesn't say just disagreement. What does it say? Sharp. That means you could have cut the air with a knife. It was very, very intense, that kind of disagreement. So the question becomes, you know, who was right? They both were from their point of view. This was not a disagreement over doctrine, by the way. This was a disagreement over, you know, their personally held opinions. Question, where did those opinions come from? God. God placed those opinions into the heart of Paul and into the heart of Barnabas. You mean God can be behind the disagreements that come among godly people? Yep. Who put those opinions in your husband's heart? God. Who put those opinions in your wife's heart? God. If you belong to God and you have certain convictions, where do those come from? God. Is God at work here in the midst of this disagreement? You bet he is. What's he doing? He's doing something great. He's doing something awesome. If we are heroic enough in our faith to apprehend it. Why would God put these differences of opinion in Paul and Barnabas? All of this leads to the third truth about disagreements among believers. Disagreements can, three, result in agreeing to disagree, which can lead to the multiplication of ministry for the greater good. So notice what happened here. This is pretty amazing. Look at verses 39. And to the end of the chapter, or just the, to our section here. So the, this sharp disagreement arises, then they parted company. So they kind of went their ways. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul, he chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches and the end of the chapter. So they parted company. Paul and Barnabas, but that's not the end of the story. In many ways, watch this, it's just the beginning of the story. Wow. Barnabas took Mark, and he went due west on a ship to the island of Cyprus. So I think we've got the map again. So they take off, Barnabas and Mark, they go to Cyprus, engage in ministry there. Paul, he chooses Silas, and he goes due north on foot into Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia and doing ministry there. You see what God just did? Their ministry just doubled. Whoa. It just grew by 100%. Now, rather than just going west, they're also going north. Now, rather than just having one team, they have two teams. Now there's team one, Barnabas and Mark. There's also team two, Paul and Silas. This new guy, Silas, just got signed on to team number two, first round draft pick by the Apostle Paul. Wow. Sometimes one of the greatest things that can happen to your life is a good disagreement upon among really great people. Wow. What is God saying to you? What does God want to do? What is his greater purpose in the midst of the disagreement you're having right now? 
He's got a greater purpose. Disagreements can lead to ministries multiplying. They can lead to new businesses arising. Study how Apple started. Study any great corporation. Just the corporate world alone, study those stories. They always come out of disagreements, boom, something great happens. Disagreements can lead to families growing healthier. Disagreements can lead to marriages growing stronger. Disagreements are a tool God uses to direct our lives into areas, watch this, we would normally not choose for ourselves. A couple Sundays, you're going to meet my good friend MK. I'll be actually interviewing him, I believe, on that Sunday. So you can hear his whole story. His story is one of the most amazing stories you'll ever hear. Part of his story I won't cover is this. Early in his life, after he came to Christ, God gave him a passion to plant churches. But he was young, he had no money, and an older gentleman, more mature in the faith, discipled him. And MK, though, they, they had disagreements. MK just felt like, no, we need to plant churches where there is no church in India. And this guy had other agenda for MK. And ultimately, he came to disagreement, 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 and MK had to choose a different direction. And he said, okay, you go one way, I go another, and MK had zero money. I mean nothing. But the vision God placed in his heart was to plant 242,000 churches in India. And we are partnering with that movement right now. Thousands of churches have been planted through this man's vision. And that multiplication came about because he was willing by faith to just cut, sever, and take God's will, God's plan. Agree to disagree for the greater plan of God. It is an act of faith takes prayer. Notice how the church saw God's hand in all of this. You see verse 40, where it says, Paul chose Silas, left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. They're commended. The church saw what was going on. Hey, this wasn't easy. I mean, Barnabas and Paul, they made an incredible team. But it was obvious that God was behind this. And Paul and Silas, they're going to make a great new team. And Barnabas and Mark, they're going to make a great new team. Now there are two teams, and the church saw it. The church blessed it, this new direction. And by the way, Barnabas was right about Mark in the long run. The young man Mark would eventually pen the gospel bearing his name, the gospel of Mark. Mark over time would win the trust of Paul. Paul would later add Mark to his evangelistic team. We see that in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. And Paul would eventually pay Mark a very great compliment. He said, he is a useful He is useful to me for service, Paul said. That's a high compliment coming from a very demanding Apostle Paul. Let me bring us back to our hero of the faith trait. One of the most heroic things you can do, and it's not easy to do, but is to agree to disagree and move forward into God's greater plan. There are times God will use disagreements to lead you into his greater plan for your life, your business, your family, your ministry. Some of you have been circulating in a disagreement for years, and you're scared to pull out, and God is waiting on you to act. He will give you wisdom 
But when you hear his call, you must act. I'm going to tell you some stories later in my own life about this. But disagreements eventually arise between good people over good causes. Disagreements often intensify over differences of opinion regarding certain people or issues. You can continue to circle in those disagreements or you can exit into God's greater plan for your life. That takes heroic faith to do so. Disagreements can result in agreeing to disagree, which can lead to the multiplication of ministry for the greater good. It can lead to the glory of God through your life, going in directions, ways that God has planned for you. Or you can circulate, keep going in circles. There's a reason for those disagreements, not to perpetuate, but God's speaking to you. And there will come a moment of faith in your life. I'll tell you some stories in a little bit. Right now, would you discuss this? Of these three truths about disagreements among believers, <coughs> which one most kind of encourages you and why? Maybe you even see your life in some of this, and you could share a bit of a story about your own life when you kind of live this out like an MK. You were disagreeing, you were battling, maybe it was with a previous job, maybe it was with, I don't know, family issue. But by faith, you agreed to disagree, You've moved on, and now you look back and you go, praise the Lord that I pulled out of that. Look what God has done. So I'd like you to talk about that, if you could, for a moment, and then we'll come back. Go for it. Okay, let me bring us back to our hero of the faith trait and kind of try to make some application in your own life. Help. Let me lead you to the Lord so you can pray about this so that this can perhaps change your life. Our hero of the faith trait, one of the most heroic things you can do is to agree, to disagree, and move forward into God's greater plan. So you're having discussions. You're having disagreements. You're going to have that. All sorts of different contexts. God has an agenda. He always has a greater plan. And I want to talk to you about his greater plan for your life. Because if you get stuck in this swirl of disagreeing, disagreeing, and you never pull out of it, you'll never experience God's greater plan for your life. There has to come a point in faith, it's scary, like MK. I'm going to go out, no money, and I'm going to move in the direction of God's greater plan. So disagreements eventually arise between good people over good causes. Are you in one? You have to admit, I'm in one. You can't get out of it until you admit you're in one. Second, disagreements often intensify over differences of opinion regarding certain people or issues. Is this disagreement just continuing to arise? And is it intensifying at times because it's over certain individuals or issues? And then you kind of try to pretend it's not there, but you know it's there. It's simmering underneath, you know, and hey, You've got, God is putting that in front of you for a reason. It's a test of your faith, something to move forward by faith through. Disagreements, depending on how you respond to them, can either derail you from God's greater plan or direct you into God's greater plan. 
And God will often use <coughs> disagreements to lead you into God's greater plan for your life, your business, your family, your ministry. So let me give you a bunch of illustrations. You look at Moses in Exodus chapter 18. Moses is with the Israelites, shepherding God's people, and he's judging. There's a million Israelites at least. And he's judging every case. And Jethro's father-in-law comes to him and visits him. And, and Jethro looks at this, and it's a circus. And he says, Moses, what you're doing is not good. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn the people out. They have a disagreement. He's like, well, what do you mean, Jethro? I'm called to be the judge. God's late. No, no, no. Yes, but you can do it in a different way. You need to point judges over thousands and hundreds and tens, and then you only deal with the real important cases. Wow. That disagreement led to a life-changing moment for Moses. And he accepted that by faith, embraced it, changed his life. Disagreements are never easy, but they're often the tool God uses to direct your life into areas you normally would not choose on your own. One of the most heroic things you can do is to agree to disagree and you move forward to God's greater plan. There are many people, have you noticed this, that will have God's will for your life. They will. They'll claim to have God's will for your life. I've had many people over the course of my years in ministry, 36 years, that say, Mark, God is calling you to be a senior pastor. I've had many churches say, Mark, will you please be our senior pastor? And they've made, you know, the path really nice. But I have to agree politely to disagree. Because God has not called me to be a senior pastor. He's called me to pastor you. He's called me to be a pastor here. But he's called me to be a pastor to the nations. And I'm so glad, for me, this is God's will for me, that I didn't take the easy path and, oh, yeah, okay, and, and, and go somewhere, which would have been fine. But I said no. And now the privilege of pastoring pastors in 16 nations, and I pray it will become much greater than that. But that's God's, you know, up to him. I'm just saying there are many people in your life, you're going to have to say, I respectfully disagree. That's not God's plan for my life. God's plan is this. And it's scary moving out in this plan. I think of my dad, employed well in the banking institution. He's a financial brain and a half. And uh, a lot of people had God's plan for my dad. <laughs> a lot of companies. Vern, you need to stay here with us, making a lot of money. And he said, I have to agree to disagree. God's calling me to work with kids, work with foster kids. And I doubt, Dad, you'll ever look back and say, wow, you know, I wish I would have stayed with banking. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Now, thousands of kids later, Hosanna Holmes has touched so many kids to the glory of God. But it all started because, and he battled. I remember. I was younger and 
dad was battling money, money. And he had a gift to make money for corporations. But he knew deep within he had to agree to disagree and move on to God's greater plan for his life. So what about you? What about you? Your CPA, your financial advisor, will have God's plan for your finances. You may have disagreements because I have disagreements with mine. Mine says, why do you give away so much money, Mark, to the kingdom of God? You're crazy. I say, you're crazy for not giving away money to the kingdom of God. You know? I mean, you're going to have disagreements all the time for God's greater plan for your life. I don't know if you've met Jim Nuppy. He's a personal friend. Uh, and I just saw Jim this morning. I said, Jim, do you mind if I tell your story? And he said, yeah, you can. So Jim is a businessman. He is the creator of 5A Rent-A-Space. His, his story is so incredible, I asked Jim if I could put it into writing, and I make this available to my friends. And because you're my friends, I, I have probably 40 copies here. But there came a point in Jim's, and you have to read the whole story. I won't go into all of it. But there came a point in Jim's life in business and in walking with God that he learned to tithe 10% of his income, personal income, to God. And then, though it began to hit him, why would I not trust God with my business? And he said, I, and he got together with his wife, Bobby, and said, we will tithe from our business as well. Give the missions, give to God's work. So he made the commitment to do so, but... His CPA, who was working with their business, was going, Jim, you cannot afford to tithe on your business because this money needs to go to pay your taxes that are due at this month. And if you do so, you run the risk of going bankrupt. You have a disagreement. Who are you going to follow, God? What he's saying to you, or are you going to follow someone else's voice? And Jim said, I agree to disagree. And it was at that moment of his decision to start tithing, which he did, in one of the scariest moments of his business literally failing, that the blessing of God poured out. And this business became a $150 million business. 5A Rent-A-Space. And it's built on the fact of I am not going to argue and spin and spin. I'm going to agree to disagree. I'm going to follow God and his greater plan for my life. And the impact this man has had for the kingdom of God is just phenomenal. Incredible. So, you know, you're going to face in your life moments where you're going to be battling certain things. And you've got to say, what is God saying to me? <laughs> and there will come a point, you know, of faith that you have to pull out and follow God because God has a great, awesome plan for your life. So let us hear the voice of the Lord leading us forward. Amen? God is good. He loves you. You can trust him. 
It's not been easy for me in my journey, for Tracy and I. It's a very unique journey that we've been on. A lot of things that I've never shared with you. It's never easy for any of us. God never promised it would be easy. But it's so awesome. It really is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman that trusts in the Lord. Follow Jesus, amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just pray that you would just continue to pour into us wisdom and courage to apply, especially this hero of the faith trait. Lord, to our life, our marriages, our business, our ministry, our finances, our time. Lord, the world is saying one thing. We hear so many voices, and there will be disagreements that arise and discussions. And yet, Lord, there's that still small voice of the living God that loves us so much that will send a Jethro to us. We're in the wilderness trying to do our own thing, and a voice will come, the voice of God, like your voice is even speaking right now. Are you hearing the voice of the Lord? Is your Savior speaking to you? Say thank you, Savior, for speaking to me. Take me where I'm at. Lord, help me to walk in faith. I need your grace. I need your strength. Show me the way. I'll follow you, Lord. Say that to Jesus. That's all you need to say. He'll lead you. Thank you, Lord, that you take us by the hand. You lead us into the promised land just like you did with the Israelites. Lord, we wander. We're prone to wander. We're prone to leave the God we love. But you never leave us. We love you. We praise you for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for that hand that reaches out to take us. Think of that footsteps poem. How beautiful, God. We look back and we see Jesus has been carrying me all along. Lord, lead us. We want to follow you. Bless every life, I pray. In the powerful name of Christ, we pray. Everybody said?